0: Welcome to the Sisterhood Circle Up. I'm Kate Lynch, a vitality expert and the founder of Custom Fit Vitality. Join me and women from around the world as we share proactive solutions through story. The Sisterhood Circle Up is for anyone who wants to cultivate an authentic, abundant and balanced life while encouraging others to do the same. Connection is the cure. Hi, everyone, it's Kate and I'm here today with Virginia Marshall and Virginia and I go way, 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 way back. And I've asked Virginia to come on today to share some of what we call Virginia, Virginia wisdom. <laughs> so Virginia and I started working together, we think it's 17, 18 years ago, uh, we'll get into that here in a minute. And I am going to let you introduce yourself here in a moment, Virginia. But let me just to give people listening a little bit of a heads up. Virginia just retired as a registered nurse from 50 years of nursing, which is incredible. And as a matter of fact, I guess it was this January would have been your 51st year and you you decided to fully retire uh, from the College of, of Nursing. So we are talking to someone who is uh, a lifelong health and wellness enthusiast was in the industry, if you will, is a daughter, a sister, a uh, a wife, uh, a mother, a grandmother, a friend, uh, and one of our sisterhood circle up sisters as well. So I just want everybody to give a warm welcome to Virginia. And uh, hi, Virginia, can you tell us, uh, just for a little context, keeping in mind that we've got people listening from all over, how old you are, where you live, and just a little bit about your life. And then I was just saying to Virginia before I hit record, this will be a conversation because Virginia and I, like I said, we go way back. We have lots to talk about. And Virginia, you have such an interesting story. So welcome, Virginia.
1: Thank you. I'm uh, all right. I'm 72 years old this month, actually. And i um, happy to say it. I'm not one that likes to hide my age. I, I like to show that you can still be good at any age and do what you want. Uh, wife, it'll be our 50th anniversary next year. Uh, mother of three and grandmother of seven. Children that I adore and have so much fun with. I live in Trent Hills, Ontario, and we've been here. My husband uh, was a member of the OPP. That's what brought us here in the first place. And we've been here for, oh, my gosh, 43 years now. So hard to and believe. And for, for our
0: American peeps listening, what is the OPP, Virginia? What the heck is that?
1: <laughs> <laughs> Ontario Provincial Police.
0: Okay. So uh, a, a policeman, if you will, for how many years was, was
1: Terry? He, a was, he was 30 years. He was a police wow.
0: officer. Yeah. Okay. All
1: right. Wow. And, and, and sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. Well, I was just thinking, it's interesting. I grew up in Winnipeg my early years. Then we moved to Southwestern Ontario and I had relatives in this area. And it was just such a stroke of luck. This is the area we got moved to because I had family around like I hadn't had before. So yeah, we've loved it here. Put it that way.
0: (laughs) It is a great place to live for sure. So the reason that we came to getting together to do this chat really stemmed from Oh my gosh, so many things, one, our history, but two, what we're working on right now together, which is this notion that connection is the cure. So we are together in a a, a sisterhood where we focus on health and wellness and people have been sharing their stories which I believe is one of the ways that we learn Uh, and so that has been incredibly meaningful to all of us and then there are women in the group who are willing to flesh out their stories more and that's really what this podcast is about at the moment is this notion of offering up a platform for people Mm -hmm. to share their story. So you had listened, I think, to somebody's recent podcast, whether it was Catherine or Storm or Majel or or whomever. uh, And you then sent me an email. And can Mm -hmm. you just share a little bit about what prompted you to do that? And perhaps some of what the email was about.
1: I sent that to tell you, fill you in on what, Put me headed me in your direction in the first place, and I think it's I think it was eighteen years ago, but I I had a list of autoimmune illnesses that struck me from the time I was in my forties on, and what I kept hearing was from the medical system, yes we have it, we don't know why you have it, uh, the odd time offered medication for it, and then I just wanted to. That take charge of my own life and see what i could do to make myself healthier and and to stay healthy basically that's why and then i so i saw your business card somewhere at edit the, the local chiropractors that's where i saw it and i called you and the rest is history with us isn't that
0: true i think we did we started our first pilates class together virginia in the space above the chiropractor's office in uh, downtown yes. Campbellford. And uh, yeah. and then it you know, went from there. I think we probably saw each other at other venues as well. And then eventually you ended up here at Epic Sun Farm. I think we would have done Pilates uh, in the basement, in on the front lawn, in the barn, in the top of the barn, in the garage. Like I think we have done it everywhere yeah. uh, together and uh, lots of fun. And the thing, that i really uh, appreciate and admire that i think makes us very similar is that we do both have an innate curiosity and you coming from a medical background Mm -hmm. your willingness to stay open-minded and curious Mm -hmm. has been has always been something that i've admired
1: thank you i uh, have prided myself on doing that over the years because the medical community can become very stuck in their ways and think it's their way or the highway and believe me, over 50 years, I worked with all variety of personalities that way. Uh, some who thought that anything else mentioned was absolutely ludicrous and others that were willing to listen as well. And I just kept my mind open and I was always willing to try something. Uh, I was always re- willing to investigate, to research more and find out, is this something that's gonna work for me? And I was always glad I did. I never regretted doing that. I. I I wanted to learn. I've always been a person who wants to learn more, whether it be in medicine or anything else. I've always been that way. So.
0: You know what though, Virginia, I want to jump on, in on that because one of the other things that I admired about you, and trust me, this is not a smoke fest, uh, up, you know, Virginia's <laughs> wahoo here because that's not my nature, but uh, is that you don't jump from horse to horse to horse to horse to horse. You have a lot of stick to Where do you think you get your, I mean, we, okay, where do you think you get your innate curiosity and mm-hmm. where do you get your stick to Like you, you are tenacious. You, you are no quitter.
1: No, no, that's right. I'm not. Um, my parents, I guess. Um, my mom had a, I guess to give it a little history, had a very troubled severely troubled childhood and she did the best she could with me. She um, had definitely had some mental health issues that made it difficult at times, but I've never known a more courageous and tenacious person than she was. Um, And my father was, they were both highly intelligent people. My father was actually a pharmaceutical rep. Maybe that started my interest in the industry, who knows? Um, But he was also just for a little ad lib in the Air Force, World War II. And he was nicknamed Doc because he was the guy they turned to for first aid. (laughs) So, but yes definitely got those traits from them. And my parents were ones that just because you didn't like something or didn't want to do it didn't mean you didn't need to do it. Um, And you weren't allowed to be a quitter, period. Um, So I I learned that from them, definitely.
0: And so with your mom, it's funny, because I, and I can't remember if it was Honestly, we were just teasing about this. I never know what day it is anymore. It's quite something but so I cannot remember if it was last year at this time or the year before last at this time, and I think it was two years ago Virginia, you were at the uh, studio so the garage I have a oversized garage attached to our home which we turned into a Pilates and yoga studio many years ago now. And Virginia you've been coming to classes at custom fit when we were open to the public for, for forever seemingly. And I asked you for some help with my with my feet. And this may seem like I'm jumping around a bit here, but I do think it's relevant. And it was so neat, because one of the things that happens when someone is caring for your feet is that you can exchange stories and so Uh you were sharing with me a little bit more about your childhood and i remember that day very distinctly and yeah you were yeah i remember you talking about your mom and fondly for sure Uh and i think that it's interesting to think about the trials and tribulations that are Parents go through, and how it does shape us. Uh, I know I have my own history with my family and parents, and 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 I get my uh, dog with a bone and nasty uh, tenacious nature from my dad, and I get my innate curiosity from my mom. Um, but I, I, it was interesting to just to hear a little bit more about challenges. Uh, I just, found, yeah, I know my internet connection unstable, but it does keep recording. So I was just saying, I found, I found listening to you speak about your parents with such tenderness. Uh, I found it very. Uh, yeah, it was just lovely to to learn more about you and 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 how they have been so integral in in turning you into who you are today.
1: I was a very um, sheltered, protected, very loved. I know that you had um, brothers,
0: right? Am I right? You had brothers? Yeah.
1: yeah I've got, okay. I've got two older brothers. Yeah, and uh, now that you know, you have your good times and bad with your siblings, but uh, they really always were actually quite protective of me as well I felt I was I I grew up feeling very safe put it that way in many ways my mom with her mental health issues what that did for me it was it was the tough time was when I was a teenager and I think what that did for me it made me a better nurse because I became more understanding certainly more as I matured and understood what was happening with her I became more understanding and more empathetic and a better listener and and a better observer of people too, and what they weren't saying vocally, what they were showing, what they were demonstrating. Um, And I think growing up with my parents the way they were, my dad was on the road a lot with his business. Um, And I remember it was a special time when he was home, but uh, mom had a lot to deal with. Definitely. She pretty well raised us on her own because dad was on the road so much. And uh, as I said, i I admire her strength and courage and her tenacity very much. And when they got older, uh, like they did a lot of, um, they curled, they golfed together, that sort of thing. But when they got into more of their middle years, my dad became more, I don't want to say stagnant, that's an awful word, but he didn't get so involved physically with anything. But my mom kept on doing that. She, um, they got a pool in the backyard, actually, my husband put it in for them, and in the winter when she couldn't swim in her own pool, she joined the Y. So she could go in there and exercise and swim. And she did links. This is something, you know, she just stuck with until um, she just couldn't, physically could not do that anymore, so. And do you think that that was part of how she
0: managed her mental health? Like, was your mom acutely aware of her mental health issues? And I don't want to make this about that, but I do mm-hmm. feel, feel like it's important and I, I'm, I'm following a thread here, so bear with me. But do, do you feel mm-hmm. like exercise was something that your mother consciously chose to help wrangle her mental health issues? No, I think it was just, it no, wasn't I conscious, okay.
1: It wasn't, no, she, um, she didn't realize how messed up she could be and some of the messed up things she could say and do at times. I, she really didn't, okay. Um, okay. didn't so, which is unfortunate, but uh, I was just happy that she looked after herself as well as she did. She took classes at the Y2 for painting, became a a really good painter as well. So,
0: So, because I just had an interesting conversation with uh, Storm um, and we talked about being the rock of the family and basically creating a clearing for everyone else in the family to step up and help. So would you say Virginia, and I don't want to put words in your mouth, but. Was it the fact that kind of from zero to teenagehood, you felt cared for and safe that gave you the foundation that you could navigate the waters with your mom and felt like uh-huh. you could step up? Or Because honestly, uh-huh. for a lot of teenagers, especially for teenagers, uh-huh. <laughs> I have a 19-year-old, 19, 19 Derek, and I have a 19-year-old daughter, Lila, uh-huh. that would be pretty disconcerting for many uh-huh. Mm-hmm. teenagers who didn't have a strong foundation to not have a strong mother figure.
1: Mm-hmm. In in a lot of ways, she was, she was a very strong individual, as I said. Okay. Um, but what happened with me, I was either spoiled or vilified. Um, and oh, okay. I never knew, I never knew which, what, what it was going to be. Now I did at one point turn around at a heated moment and tell her what I thought. Okay. And it did change things. Actually, it did help. She stopped huh. and listened. So, you know. Um, so, so she respected
0: I, you, right? She, she, she was, did. Yeah. She did. Yeah. And
1: I knew, the thing is, I as I've said to cousins that I'm very close to, I said, I knew the love was there, regardless of what she said and did. I knew the love was there. And I knew if anyone else gave me a hard time, she'd be the first one up to bat. Look out. <laughs> That's
0: right. <laughs> so, mother Hen, right?
1: Oh, oh my gosh.
0: Yeah. Speaking of mother hens, uh, you... And Terry have uh, a lovely family and family is has remains to this day super important for you.
1: Mm-hmm. Yes, it is very much so i'm I'm very lucky. We have one we have two sons and a daughter. The daughter's the oldest. Um, the farthest anyway, one is away is two hours. One's two hours. she's two hours away, one son's an hour, and the one's five minutes. so but they all are very supportive and thoughtful with us. And um, I hear from them regularly several times during the week, all three of them. So I'm very thankful for that. Well, and
0: that's a big uh, theme for us, right? Is is Mm -hmm. that connection, connection is the cure and staying, uh, my gosh, not only staying connected with people that uh, you that you love, like your family, but also keeping a connection in the community because you, because of your kids and your strong sense of family, you were quite active in the in the
1: community, correct? I was very active, very, yeah. very active. Yes, I um, minor hockey. I don't know how much, again, people in the US would know, but um, the Minor Hockey Association locally, I was on the executive for many years. I was a trainer and I did that because I'm a nurse. Um, and I was a trainer for my daughter, all three of our kids, one year there was between the three of them they played on five different hockey teams and i the only (laughs) and the way the only games i missed were high school because i was at work and they were in the afternoon i did not miss games period and um i so and then i went on the executive for many years and then i actually took over presidency of minor hockey which is not something a lot of women do and did a darn good job of it if i do say so myself at least so people have told me so um I just, it, I just wanted to be involved. If it, if it was something that was going to help my children, I wanted to be involved.
0: Hmm. And do you think that when you are, uh, and I realize we're going to be thoughtful here, but do you think, do you think times have changed, or do you think it's the same? do you think it's the same out in the volunteer world right now with this generation so say my generation and younger i'm 51 so really it would be the the parents that are in their 30s and 40s with kids in hockey do you feel like it's very much the same or do you feel like uh that that I, sense of yeah go ahead sense of community and involvement
1: you mean with what their yeah. children are doing yeah um i know with ours that i know with ours it is and I know with uh, a lot of their friends it is, I, I, but then we are in the country, we see that more, I think, in the country. I'm not sure what it's maybe like in, uh, in the city. I, I, I can't guess at that, but I think locally there's a lot of young people I know that are very involved with what their children are doing. I think the concern now is that sometimes they get them involved in too much mm-hmm. and then just the joy of being a child at home and doing things at home um doesn't exist so and then if they're not busy doing something parenthesis um then they don't know what to do yeah if they're not ready here, hear they're the other so and that's the only thing i see as a concern for what's happening now
0: yeah i i hear you on that and and i am often grateful that cell phones weren't really a thing when lila oh, was huh. a wee peanut and yes. that uh, iPads weren't really a thing. I mean, I, I remember the big debate about getting Lila a cell phone. And I, I'll be very candid. The reason that we eventually broke down and got Lila a uh, cell phone when she was in what would be called junior high school in the States and public school here, mm-hmm. uh, was I think she was in grade like seven. It was because of <laughs> sleepovers at people's homes that we weren't entirely mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. or what was happening there so Mm -hmm. i mean don't get me wrong we never sent our kid into the lion's den Mm -hmm. on purpose but oftentimes people are leading very different lives behind the scenes if you will Mm -hmm. and we wanted to make sure and and quite frankly people were starting to not have home telephones and so we wanted to make sure that lila had access Mm -hmm. to us Mm -hmm. at any time of the day should she ever need us but it was a tough one for us because we this was a kid who much like i'm sure your your kids uh and you and 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 i grew up outside we were just outside all the time like kick you out the door and you're outside and i can remember bundling lila up and by like seven in the morning she was outside (laughs) and uh it's a funny story for us we had uh there came a point and i think all mothers of young girls know this point where There's no more kind of streaking around naked in the yard. Uh, So we live on a country road uh, and we don't get a ton of traffic, but we can remember the distinct moment where Derek came home and he was like, I think it's running around naked with the hose it's time to go in the backyard now she wasn't she was still just a little uh peanut but uh um uh, our place is kind of bare naked and uh we were just (laughs) laughing about if you're gonna if you're gonna be outside all the time uh which is great and you're gonna we, we always teased and she would kill me if she heard me say this but we always teased lila as a little kid was always carrying something and naked and we were like she's gonna be a stripper ups Guy, or something, you know, because she, <laughs> but um, yeah, so and and then when you give them technology, uh, and then you you over schedule their lives, and it's my personal mm-hmm. opinion, I think you you and I would be similar on this, and we may tick somebody off listening, but when you over schedule uh, every over schedule not only kids' lives but our own lives, yes. uh, boy, more is not always more, and That's right. I, I was wondering if if you might speak to that notion just in terms of your experience with your overall wellness and uh, your desire to be fit and healthy and stay curious and the various, uh, you don't even have to get into your various health concerns, but I know you were mentioning autoimmune, but, and speaking to stick-to-itiveness, but more is not always more. It's great to be curious, but you got to get you got to get focused and I think that that's Mm -hmm. sometimes what happens with kids these days and it's sometimes what happens with adults these days and it's one of the things Mm -hmm. we're working on in the in the sisterhood circle up is like okay you don't necessarily need more you need Mm -hmm. to get focused and do the work
1: yeah yes um what like I did going from different cell like for a long while and i'll share this part i had the lesions on my brain and they were questioning that i had ms for many years and it was until several years after that okay hold on went.
0: hold on don't skate past that because i oh, know okay. that
1: but people listening don't know so what happened okay I um, well, I started it with some neuropathy in my feet, and actually, I had it in one foot for a year or so. I was not one to run to the doctor myself in a hurry. I had it in one foot for about a year, and then I got it in the other foot. And I thought, okay, now, because initially I thought it was a new shoe that started it. And then i got in the other foot i thought okay maybe i should go get this checked so did was sent for an mri and was told i had multiple white lesions on in my brain and they were all on the nerve synapses which was an indicator it could be ms and they were thinking quite strongly it was ms so then i was sent through the regime of neurologists and then the ms specialist and so on and the neurologist actually one of the things that I said to you that stuck with me is she said, "How do we know it's not hereditary?" You know, um, because even though I had these lesions, I didn't have other physical symptoms of MS. I, my legs, um, like the neuropathy, now is up to my knees, and it's it's not totally, but it's in different patches from my feet to my knees. But I've never lost any muscle strength. And then the the uh, MS specialist said. We can't say you do, we can't say you don't, but it's mild enough that we wouldn't treat you right now anyway, if if you did have it. offered to do a lumbar puncture. And I said, no, thank you. I don't need to know for sure. So let me, can I,
0: yeah. So can we just roll the tape back? So MS, multiple sclerosis, can you just give a layman's, like, what is that for somebody who hears the words MS, but they're like, what, I don't really know what it is. I know it's not good, but what, what is Mm -hmm. it?
1: It's a neurological disease. Um, there is no cure for it, and it gradually takes away all your muscle control, um, and you slowly lose you slowly lose strength, you slow and balance, and your mental uh, acuity is not affected, but your physical strength and abilities are very well there's there's two different some are fast some uh, people are affected faster than others but it's gradually all drained from you to the point where you are no you you become quadriplegic unable to feed yourself etc and, and it, it eventually you're it will affect your lungs and that's quite often why people are deceased with it so so and it,
0: it correct me if i'm um, wrong but it, it affects women more than men am i am i am i right
1: with that it's, or yes. Yeah, it is more, more prevalent And what quite often, too, is if it affects men, it's often quicker in how it progresses.
0: Now, do you think that sometimes because men are even more reticent to go to the doctor that it's perhaps undiagnosed in men? Do you know what I mean? So it's like more prevalent in women. Is that because women go and get checked out and men don't? Or, I mean,
1: do you have any thoughts on that? um, Definitely, that's true. Very true of men. But no, it is definitely... uh, more prevalent in women. There's no doubt about it. And
0: then neuropathy, neuropathy. Can you explain uh, for people who don't understand what that is? What what that is?
1: Yes. Um, It's uh, the nerves, because it was on the nerve synapses, what those nerves, the actions in your body that they are responsible for are gradually taken away from you. And that is, um, you can get numb, like I have in my legs, you can get numb in different areas, as well as losing your strength.
0: Okay, um, because I think that might be useful. It's it's so funny. There are all these things that we, as a culture and a society, we hear, we we, we throw around, and then. But there are times where I know that people just kind of nod and smile, and they're like, "Uh huh," and they really don't know. But you get to a certain point where you 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 feel foolish if you ask so sometimes i like to ask people to clarify because if someone's listening and they don't know i mean there's mm-hmm. there's no reason why you can't learn it right it's like mm-hmm. uh, cooking i would say that if you don't know how to cook and you have a family of five it's never too late you can still learn how to cook. yes <laughs> but there's so yeah. many people sure. who feel they feel shameful because they can't cook but it's something that you learn and, and and you and i both love to learn new things so uh um okay so at, you were you sent me the email. You were explaining about the uh, your history, basically your your uh, really your history beyond the medical establishment. Because just to recap here, you you get this. It's not even a diagnosis. It's a on the if come this may happen or this may mm-hmm. be true, but we can't mm-hmm. even do anything for you because we can't give mm-hmm. you a, a real diagnosis. And then and then what happened on the medical side of things.
1: Um, Well, then following that, I got um, an episode of uh, severe iritis, which is a severe inflammation in your eyes. Um, They were blood red and it affected both eyes, which is uncommon. It's it's not uncommon to get it, but it rarely affects both eyes. And so when that happened, I thought, okay, maybe this means the MS is a real thing. Um, But then when I went and got treatment for my eyes, they said, no, there was no connection. This is totally... Mm something into, into its own self. And it's, an, again, what they call an autoimmune disease and autoimmune diseases are basically your body is your, your immune system is fighting your own body, I guess is an easy way to explain it. And yeah, it's when something is autoimmune, they often don't know what causes it. They usually don't know what causes it, or why, what set it off. And they're quite often stumped for treatment as well um or these or cures you know you, it's not often you hear about an odd humane disease that has a cure so i had that and then after that um i had an incident with uh, i guess i don't know how to say it other than loose stools to the point where i didn't want to be away from a far from the bathroom yeah. a day. And that went on for six months before <laughs> as i said i wasn't went to run to the doctor that went on for six months before i thought okay I better get checked about this, and had a, a colonoscopy where they, you know, examined my large bowel, and they said everything looked wonderful. But um, so there's two types of colitis that can only be diagnosed with a biopsy. So the doctor did those, and sure enough, I have one of them. So um, can you, go, you go. can and you I'm explain not... colitis to us? Colitis is inflammation of your large bowel, okay. and. Um, it, Causes, it can cause the diarrhea. It can cause a lot of discomfort too.
0: So, mm-hmm. and so anything itis is usually inflammation. For anyone listening, if you if you're interested in in, mm-hmm. in language, that's pretty yeah. pretty common. Any itis is uh, that's what it means basically is inflammation. Yep. I'm being quite quite pedestrian here, but no, uh, yeah. So the other thing too, I just want to I don't want to skim past this because I feel like it's such a prevalent issue, <laughs> is digestive issues. And people suffer in silence, Virginia, as you would know from your work in the medical. Mm -hmm. Oh, my gosh. And I think there's so many reasons for that. But I can tell you that as a nutrition, fitness, wellness coach, health coach, when I when I when I chat with people initially, I I like to hear the story and I like to ask a lot of questions. And after I ask uh, kind of the standard questions like, who are you, what do you do, what do you want kind of thing, uh, then I always After people get going, I always pause Virginia and I say, anything else? And then they go on again. And then I say, okay, anything else? And so (laughs) what what they think is going to be maybe a 10-minute conversation ends up being sometimes like a 40-minute conversation, Mm -hmm. partly because I think people are so happy to have an audience. (laughs) And once they realize that I'm not judging them, uh, I'm just listening and I'm open to hearing their story. I can't tell you how often people come clean because they're like, well, what the heck? I've already told her a bunch of stuff. I got nothing to lose. I'm going to tell her that I have terrible, terrible diarrhea or I have horrible constipation or I oscillate between the two because it can be absolutely debilitating for people. Mm -hmm. It can be life changing and not in a good way.
1: Yeah, very much so. Very much so. Yes. And uh, I, yes. And as I said, I didn't. I didn't know uh, how, where to go or where I could be that I'd be safe and I wouldn't have to worry about it. And if I was going to be somewhere away from a, a washroom for a the time, I wouldn't eat because I was afraid I'd end up with diarrhea and hell, mm-hmm. you know, where do I do, where do I go? Carry extra clothes with me just in case and a washcloth yeah. case, yeah. you know, so it, um, it can be, yeah, it, it definitely is very limiting. But it's, well,
0: and I can remember my grandmother had terrible, terrible issues with her bowels and she was very uh, particular about her food and she also was a bit of a hedonist. <laughs> do you know what I mean? So like she loved yeah. her treats and her vodka and her chocolate and, and, but we, one of the, my favorite things to do with my grandmother was we used to do brunch together. And so kind of in my early adulthood, we, we always got together like once a month for brunch and, and. Uh, we would go and she we she loved to go to restaurants that had pink uh, linens that was her thing and that it made sure that the bread was warm if the bread oh. was warm and they happened to have pink linens, we were like it didn't matter what they served she thought it was a plus but anyway so she, we would have these uh, brunches and then we would go shopping and <laughs> It really depended on how well the meal treated her, whether or not we could go shopping. Do you know what I'm saying? Because <laughs> because she it was uh, it was it was horrible, uh, both loose and then just very uncomfortable bloating. And I mm-hmm. I just feel mm-hmm. like it's so important to yeah. talk about these things because yeah. there are possible solutions, and it doesn't necessarily come in the form of a pill. Uh, yep. Which leads us, I think, I'm kind of segueing in segueing into. Um, what perhaps happened next for you because here you have these various ailments if you will they're mm-hmm. not stopping you in the in your tracks because you have mm-hmm. you know you're, you're no quitter <laughs> and mm-hmm. because you're essentially a healthy person and you're living a full life uh but you had enough curiosity to uh, even with your medical background to consider some alternatives so then i think you went to a naturopath mm-hmm. is that correct
1: i did i did because i didn't like getting yes, this is what's happening. We don't know why. Here's a pill. I I thought, okay, enough. I need to take charge of my own health and see what I can do to help me. So, yes, I went to see a naturopath. I had food testing done and found out I was sensitive to dairy and wheat, both, um, and some other things as well. But they were the ones that were very strong. And so immediately, and then I got also, um, my husband laughed at this, but... uh, uh, treatment called slippery elm for the diarrhea mm-hmm. and, yeah, and yeah. it worked it worked yeah it was great and i will still to this day take it if i find myself feeling irritated bloated uh, gassy or whatever or if i feel like gee my sometimes i'll feel my intestines getting like they're inflamed mm-hmm. um, if i've gone off my you know correct eating for the colitis then that'll happen and i take the slippery elm and then i know i'll be okay as long as i take that it'll settle things down hmm. but uh, as soon as I got off the foods that bothered me, it's amazing how much better I felt. And at that time, I had let myself, I had gotten quite heavy, just a series of events through my life. And I had, like when I was, when the kids were young, I played baseball with them in a women's league for many years. And Terry and I sponsored the Curling and Racquet Club locally when it was first built. And I played racquetball and then I got involved in curling. But then in my later 40s, I think I just got so tied up with kids and family, I didn't take time for me. And I put on a bunch of weight. I didn't wasn't doing anything physically for myself at all, and except running here, there, and everywhere with the kids. And so when all this happened, and I had all this extra weight on, I... I that's when I looked you up. (laughs) So, and uh, the rest is history.
0: (laughs) Well, so a couple of thoughts here. I just want to grab a hold of, because you've said some, some really important nuggets. I think one is this whole idea that we were talking about earlier about busyness. So life gets very full is the word I like to use because Mm -hmm. ultimately you're living a great life. You're, you've got your marriage, you've got your, um, community, you've got your family, you have hobbies and interests, and I think life is good.
1: Mm-hmm. But when
0: life gets so full, one of the things I hear from from women a lot, but I honestly, I like to very tenderly say I don't believe men are immune from this either, quite frankly, mm-hmm. excuse the pun, yes. but is this idea of you're just roaring around. You're roaring around. It's quick food or no food. It's uh, late nights, early mornings. Um, it, there's no downtime. There's no time to recover and restore. And that does eventually catch up. And I think your story is very common. And I know I've heard you say both in-person classes, Virginia, and now together online, I've heard you say to women who are uh, uh, coming up through the ranks, if you will, oh, my gosh, really look after yourself, because it's, it's, it's critical. And it's so easy Mm -hmm. to let to let your self care just slip through your fingers. And then you're like, what the heck, this is not my beautiful life. What happened?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yes. Because, yeah, I started having, I guess, my first surgery when I was 42. And I had a few Anyway, hysterectomy I was 42 and then I ended up having surgery on my shoulder because of a frozen shoulder and a few others anyway after that I you know I've got an artificial hip now but
0: you're like the this,
1: bionic woman <laughs> well I am I am yeah and so it's it's more important than ever that I just stay on top of what I can improve or keep healthy or look after however you want I wouldn't phrase it I do the best I can for me
0: yeah, you have to, because, and, and I know that you're on this bus with me, uh, and we both feel this way, and we kind of gently preach this, if you look after yourself, who is around to look after your family? And I, I yeah. wish people would get this. I wish people would get that you think that you're doing everybody a real stroke of business by wasting yourself, and I don't mean you, I mean women or in men, wasting yourself on everybody else, putting yourself at the bottom of the pile, uh, mm-hmm. never pausing to take a break, never asking for help, which is a big one. And then lo and behold, what happens, and I'm not saying this is what happened to you, but something happens, eventually, the universe, as I like mm-hmm. to say, kind of slaps you down and says, "Uh uh uh, you better mm-hmm. pause and make some different choices. So one yes. of the things that, that we have connected on a lot is, uh, is is nutrition. And and so, you, you you know, you had this experience, you you put on some pounds, you're looking to take the reins in on your health. Exercise, of course, you know, is important. You're athletic by nature. I think you said you were a bit of a Tom girl growing up too with brothers. I'm sure you were. So you've played sports. Yeah. You're participating in the community, supporting sports uh, on many levels. But yeah. you're smart enough to understand that <laughs> it's, uh, it's not, um, it, there's more you can't outrun your fork basically you have to look at your nutrition yeah. and calories yeah. in calories out that quite frankly the medical community often prescribes and i say that in air quotes mm-hmm. is it It. i mean i guess it works At but at some point for most people it stops working it's not enough and yeah. so uh digging deeper into nutrition is something that you and i have uh, been working on for for many years now uh mm-hmm. and it, it is I I, I firmly believe that everything gets better when we get better. And I think that better starts with food.
1: Yes. Thoughts? Yeah, (laughs) no, I agree 100%. And I've I've been up and down the escalator, you know, with this, uh, my nutrition and how uh, diligent I have been about eating properly for myself. Because, again, you get... air quotes here you get busy you know as we've joked about that term busy and you don't put the effort and the time into yourself again it's easy to lose that and but the the important thing is you're human it's going to happen and as long as you keep coming back to it keep doing what you can and you know it's not reinventing the wheel it's just getting back to what you know and and using what you have learned for your own benefit period and my kids are my biggest supporters about me staying healthy you know they want me here which is i'm i'm thrilled with that and i'm very very lucky with that and so mom whatever you can do for you you do it yeah that, right that helps yeah and that helps motivate me too so mm-hmm. absolutely so we've been talking
0: uh, a lot about practice over perfection and mm-hmm. one of the things that comes up a lot is this whole notion of why, when we know better, do we sometimes choose not to do better for ourselves? You could call that whatever you want, but let's call it for our purposes today, self-sabotage. So mm-hmm. we, we, we know that, for example, wheat doesn't agree with us or dairy is, is not, does, isn't ideal for our um, our makeup. And yet, lo and behold, we find ourselves drinking chocolate milk uh, with a uh, uh, a biscuit, right? So what <laughs> do you have any wisdom there on that notion of practice over perfection, circling back to what works and that we're only human?
1: Um, like when I first found that out, it was very hard to find wheat free products. So I'd look for alternatives uh, that didn't have the wheat in them. And it was a big learning curve for me. And then you start figuring out, okay, how can you eat your diet or eat your food or prepare your meals, et cetera, without putting those particular carbs into the meal. And that's the learning curve. It's And you've got to be curious. You have to be curious. You have to want this because it's work. And it's not something that you're just going to have somebody say, here, do this and you'll be fine. You have to investigate uh practice and keep practicing what works for you what doesn't work for you one thing for me is alcohol I really like mm. to have a drink but yeah. not helps me you know it doesn't it my body doesn't like it when I do so does do I ever not drink no absolutely not but do I regret it sometimes oh absolutely yes yeah <laughs> but But anyway, the fun can be worthless sometimes too. (laughs) This is true.
0: Well, it's interesting to one of the themes this week in the Sisterhood Circle Up has been that success leaves clues. Yes. And so I love that saying because the truth is that I think we do know. You know, what I mean, mm-hmm. I think that we mm-hmm. we sometimes stray so far away from our intuition. We stay we stray like it's that. I love that saying when the body whispers, listen, there's yeah. we always know the answer. But mm-hmm. because we roar around and life is so full, we we are never still enough, many of us. And I don't mean mm-hmm. this. I'm speaking very generically, you know, broad, broad here, but broadly but many of us are never still enough unless we're almost asleep i like to tease to get the messages to get yep. the hmm perhaps it's time to have more stillness in my life perhaps it's time to connect with a girlfriend and have a venting session perhaps it's time to drink more water cuz everything hurts perhaps i need more rest perhaps i need to go back to my hobby i recently did that i my family i found the covid situation very challenging on so many levels and mental health wise including you know for myself mm-hmm. And it was my family who last spring actually was like, you know, Kate, you need to get some horses back. And I was like, no, I'm going to take a break from horses till Lila's through university because it's expensive and it's this, that and the other thing. And 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 both Derek and Lila were like, "Mm, no, you need to go get some horses. And within a week, I had rounded up like nine different offers for horses, thank God. Uh, and I chose a couple and they came. And And it was, it's been great because it does feel like yep. my golf game. Uh, but it's like something was pulling at me to look after myself. And it wasn't yep. just eating well, drinking water, having good friends and seeing my shrink once a month. I, I mm-hmm. needed to get back to... The other parts that fill me up, and I think that we are sometimes as a culture Mm -hmm. we don't value that. So I love hearing that your family is like, you go, mom, you look after yourself. You go to Pilates class. You you get online with those sisters. You you know. Yeah. uh, uh, I understand, mom. You're not going to have another drink tonight or another butter tart. And Virginia makes wicked butter tarts, by the way. I am the benefactor. Is that the right word? Yeah, I benefit from uh, Virginia's uh, treats <laughs> at uh, Christmas time. So I know that uh, that you're able uh, to to. Uh, you put your money where your mouth is with it when it comes to that. But really thinking about uh, when we know better, will we choose to do better mm-hmm. and being human? If we fall off the wagon, so to speak, can we just dust ourselves off, get back in? And notice that success leaves clues and go back to what works. Cause you just said yes. it a minute ago. We don't have to reinvent the wheel.
1: Yes, absolutely. And um, and it's easy sometimes, you know, when your life gets so hairy to, as you have said, want to hit the easy button for a meal and, and for prepping and grocery shopping, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And then it's not long after your body says, What are you doing? stop Mm -hmm. you need to go back to what's gonna make me feel better and serve both of us you know so that you can have the energy and you can sleep better and have the energy to do what you want I've always been a very high energy person always and yeah me too and I don't like it when it's not there I I, in my mind I'll want to do something but I my body's just saying no you can't do that and that's the first thing that will happen with me that and sleep, sleep poor sleep if I do not stick to what nourishes my body, period. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. You know, beyond success leaves clues and kind of creating a clearing for self-care, which I believe is, uh, I think that's a huge issue for people is people want to, they want to live footloose and fancy free, but how footloose and fancy free are you if you're always at the doctor's? How footloose and fancy free are you if you have to out of pocket spend a fortune on uh, treatments, if you will, from other practitioners, you can't go on holidays. I mean, because Mm -hmm. you won't do the physio exercises or you Mm -hmm. won't uh, you won't take the course or you won't level up on your nutrition and learn old dogs can learn new tricks. And I think that that is something that really holds people back. And it's such a shame because Mm -hmm. I actually think that it is more freeing and i think people end up saving money when they look after themselves i really do i think like whether you argue oh i can't buy organic it's too expensive or i can't take a fitness class it's too expensive or i can't i'm like really so you're pouring your time energy and money into things that don't serve you that slowly chip away at your health mm-hmm. or you make a conscious decision to invest in yourself Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. you, you, I mean, you put that in the bank.
1: Yeah. That's been a pet peeve of mine, actually, Kate, over the years. Uh, People that love to complain. um, Some love to go to the doctors. Others don't. Some love to get tests. Others don't. But the fact that they'll still complain about how they're, you know, this hurts, that hurts or whatever is happening. And when you suggest what they can do to help improve it, oh, no, I don't want to do that for whatever reason. And I'm thinking, I, they used to drive me crazy. And I had to learn to deal with that because I was working with these people, you know, daily. So I had to learn to not let that bother me and just say, well, your decision, your body, whatever you choose to do, that's up to you. But this is how you're going to feel, you know, if you don't take action, period.
0: You know, I just had this conversation with Derek. So... And these are public stories, give or take. So I don't feel like I'm betraying any confidences because I'm a vault. But basically, he's a very healthy guy, Derek, my husband. And he kind of gets away with murder a little bit because I think his constitution is that he's basically healthy. You know what I'm getting at? Like, mm-hmm. you know, some people are, they just kind of are born and they're somewhat sickly. That's not Derek. He's pretty healthy. Mm-hmm. So we're coming into uh, the high season for one of our businesses. And I said to him the other day, cause he was feeling a bit tired. I said, I, I realize that you don't want to hear me say this, but are you drinking your water? And he's like, Yeah, I think so. And I'm thinking, I know you're not. I know that he's having like a thimble, two thimblefuls of water a day. Right. And he's not a big guy, but he's a big enough guy. And his business, our Mm -hmm. business, it's very physical. So uh, we have a portable Mm -hmm. toilet business and it's very physical. It's not hard, but it's very Mm -hmm. physical. Mm -hmm. So I kind of let it go. and, And then lo and behold, you know, still feeling tired. And so I said to him, I said, how about some caterade? and he's like oh well uh, and he likes Gatorade and Gatorade is just his mm-hmm. joke for Gatorade which is uh, for people listening it's just water with lemon and salt which is kind of a natural electrolyte it is a natural electrolyte and pH balancer with the with the lemon anyway so to get his attention Virginia you'll love this i said to him i said well kidney stone season is coming <laughs> 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 because i mean this is i should go straight to you know w h uh, e w l for this but i because In 2018, Derek actually had an episode uh, that most of my clients know about. uh, I know you know about, but he got very dehydrated and he went into renal failure actually and ended up in Emerge and it was a nightmare Uh, and it was dehydration and it was kind of a perfect storm. He'd been at the racetrack uh, racing. He won that night. Thank God. Thank God it wasn't his last race and it was hotter than Hades and it was the july first weekend and it was a new business we were doing the portable toilets, so it was a very busy holiday weekend mm-hmm. as well so it was like the perfect storm of physical exhaustion hot and stress mm-hmm. and yeah honest to god on the side of the road he uh it was not good so anyway i won't get into the details but it you know i tease him and this is a very macabre mm-hmm. thing to say and people have to understand my sense of humor but i said you know that was the day that if i actually wanted to get rid of you I could have lingered a little longer. You know what I'm saying? Calling 911. Or I could have opened the truck door and just let you fall out of the highway and been like, I don't know what happened. He was, you know, Uh, so we do tease about he's like, man, you must really love me. I'm like, yes, I do. Because that was the day and that was my chance and I didn't take it. But then like, so that was 2018. And then last year, I thought he'd learned his lesson. I'm like, drink your damn water. And then last year, lo and behold, he does it again, but this time he gets kidney stones and, and when, when he did it the first time he was, he was unconscious. So it wasn't as stressful. He just felt poorly. And then he was out and then we were in the hospital and then he felt better. Right. But I mean, it was days to feeling better. But with the kidney stones they get your attention because they hurt like a son of a bitch right yes so yes uh he was doing the kidney stone dance and of course i couldn't go in with him because of covid and everything but that really got his attention because he was like i don't want to have that again no. so my my point is that to get his attention just recently I said well you know kidney stone season's coming and then he's like okay make make me some catering so and, <laughs> you know but uh, um, yeah so it, it is interesting the things that get our attention and the things mm-hmm. that don't get our attention and the things that keep trying to get our attention that we mm-hmm. ignore and I'm sure you saw that
1: all the time at the doctor's office and very much yeah. so. Yeah, very much so. And, um, and like I said, you just have to, you know, who's going to listen and who's going to try and who isn't. And, and it, honestly, you put your effort into those that you know are going to listen. You'll tell the others. Definitely. You don't keep anything for anybody. You want to be as open as you can and as helpful as you can. But if you know they're not a person that's going to take charge and do things for themselves, um, you don't kill yourself trying to do for them. Put it that way.
0: That's such a valuable lesson, Virginia, and it's something I'm really trying to learn. And my husband has always teased me because I'm a horse girl, and he's always like, "You can't save them all." <laughs> yes, but, uh, yes. But I had a great conversation recently with uh, another sister from the circle up, and this person is a teacher, and she was very frustrated about a class that she's teaching that she's putting a hundred percent of her energy into, and they are not receptive. And mm-hmm. I, you know, I said to her, I said, you know. Maybe they don't need 100% of you. Maybe you could give them like 40% of you and then have a little bit of reserve. Because what was happening was, as I would imagine would be similar in in your uh, professional life. You you give, 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 output, output, output. But when you get nothing Mm -hmm. in return or they don't want the information. and, Mm -hmm. And let me tell you what, my business is a hard sell. Most people do not want to step up and change. They want change. But they don't want to change. And change, effort, like you it. mentioned, is work. But mm-hmm. it's a it's an interesting thing. And I'm really glad to hear you say this because it's a great thing to bring up today, this idea of where are you putting your energy and your effort? Mm-hmm. Because if you're mm-hmm. just putting if you're if you're just pounding your head against the wall, uh, maybe mm-hmm. it's time to change horses, you know. And I say yeah. that we, we both say that as people who don't quit easily, right?
1: Yeah, very much so. And um, in a way, when I was doing, you know, the nursing and people were and and you would be have people that would be very flippant about it, like flipping you off, basically, uh, because you're trying to help them and give them some advice about something. And that, too, I had to learn not to be offended. I'm thinking, well, let me think, who's the nurse here? Who's been doing this? And what do you know? Um, So I would have to not take that personally. okay this is their choice this is what they want to do they're on their own I'm done I'm I'm not even going to attempt to try and you know give them any suggestions from now on they've they've put paid to that Mm -hmm. Uh,
0: yeah you can't that whole lead a horse to water right you just can't make them drink and it's and it's uh sometimes it's really painful to watch people make those choices Uh, I know Yeah. Yeah,
1: It can be very sad. It really can. And I, and I feel so bad, but you know what? I can't do for you what you need to do for yourself. You know what else is interesting,
0: Virginia, and you would have seen this all the time, is I cannot believe, and I say this without judgment, because I too have bounced around, bounced along rock bottom on various levels and experiences Mm -hmm. in my life, but I'm sometimes absolutely horrified by people's lack of the bottom. Do you know what I'm saying? Like you just think, okay, you've had like yes. you had a hip replaced and it makes you really focus on your physio. You uh had a motor vehicle accident a couple years ago and you have done all the rehab for that and continue to do that. Um and and but I have I, I get people who call me up and like they've had a heart attack. They suddenly are diagnosed with diabetes. They uh I I, I mean they won't go to the beach in a bathing suit they i mean it's like who knows mm-hmm. what your rock bottom is i have a lot of clients who who quite frankly drink too much uh and it's 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 shocking and i like alcohol mm-hmm. and i like to drink but i also know my limits and i play within them so mm-hmm. it is do you not find that some of the stories again back to the concept mm-hmm. of stories but you listen to people's stories and you're like well what will get your attention
1: yeah. are you hearing what you're saying you know That thought goes through my mind a lot. And I have said that actually a few times. Are you hearing what you were telling me? Well, yeah. Yeah. Well, then what are you going to do about it? You're telling me that I can't do it for you. What are you going to do about it? Obviously you're aware. But do you find people get almost
0: cavalier with their horror stories? <laughs>
1: Yes. It's, it's, yeah, it's um, it's a coping mechanism because they don't mm-hmm. want to do anything about it. So that's a coping mechanism to make light of it and, uh, oh, I'll be fine. So sort of, you know that type of mentality. Um, and yes, and they're actually afraid. I think quite often, and don't want to acknowledge that either. So.
0: Yeah, fear is a big one. And sometimes people will accuse people of being lazy when they're actually just scared or they don't have the tools. They don't have the tools. So they don't have access to help uh, or they don't know how to ask for help or mm-hmm. the tools that they have received have let them down a great example of that virginia is just uh, eat less and exercise more so yes. people get very frustrated because they do those things and i had a great uh, conversation with three women with diabetes and listening to their stories so i had two type ones and and one type two but listening to the almost and i i want to be really thoughtful here but going to the doctors, all three of them, and they don't know each other, they had very similar experiences, w- which were, and I know type one and type two are different, but their experiences were the same. The doctors were just like, well, if you would just do better, then you would be better. <laughs> right. And they're like, but I'm doing everything you're asking me to do. And it's not getting, yes. it. I'm not, I know I can't be cured, but I can't even get better. Like everything's yeah. getting worse. And I think mm-hmm. that that sense of futility and hopelessness, the one thing that I really <laughs> strive to provide people with is a sense of a connection because I think that that is absolutely Mm -hmm. key and I think it's the cure and two is hope and I feel like one of the reasons I'm doing these these podcasts and that we have the sisterhood circle up is when we hear people's stories it lets us know that we're not alone that we're not crazy and can provide potentially some possible solutions and or some hope. And I think mm-hmm. that that in the last two years has been so important and so challenging. There've been points in the last two years during COVID, and I don't like to talk a lot about COVID, but I don't wanna to be tone deaf, where there's, the, it has been hope that's kept us going. And then mm-hmm. there've been these threads <laughs> of hopelessness where you mm-hmm. can just feel it. It's so palpable, it, It's yeah. you just feel it. And one of the great things about the Sisterhood Circle Up is we don't talk a whole lot about COVID at all. We're not tone deaf, but we don't, we, Mm -hmm. you can go to Facebook for that. You can go to Twitter for that. You can go to the grocery store for that, but just having a place where you can share your solutions, where you can share your successes and, and where you can sit in the mud for a minute, you can Mm -hmm. sit in the mud and nobody is feeling sorry for you, but they want to hear your story. And I think that just getting your story out is sometimes, I mean, it's just so incredibly powerful.
1: So powerful. Um, What I found too is the honesty and the openness of how the women are expressing themselves and how it encourages you to be the same way. Me this last week saying how I had basically played hooky on the weekend and said, you know i'm not going to track i don't want to i don't feel like it i'm not doing it for two days yeah (laughs) i was like a little kid you know but anyway i wasn't going to do it and then how i was feeling because i again my energy took a dive and my sleep was disrupted again and and i knew why i knew what was doing it and um and i owned up to it i fessed up Whereas few years ago, I might not have done that. I might have just gone on and done what I had to do, but not tell anybody why I got so bad again.
0: <laughs> so so um, Virginia is referring to uh, this. I teach a system, for those of you listening, called TAP. And it stands for track, assess, adjust, and progress. And quite frankly, you could tap anything. You could tap your finances. You could tap tap your childcare. You could tap your food. You could tap your fitness. So there's lots of things in life that i mean i always tease you can tap how many times your neighbor's dog comes onto your onto your property uh but so virginia's chatting here about food choices and the fact is we really do focus on practice over perfection and i just want to say to to wrap up that thread here and um and see if you have anything else you'd like to share with us today before we go that i think not only coming clean and just having a safe place to kind of say, yeah, I made those choices and I'm just going to start again. But so one, the power of the ability to start again is I think often lost on people. And if I could leave people with something here today, I hope that's one of the things amongst all the nuggets you've shared, Virginia is you can always just start again. And there's huge power in understanding why you feel like crap, right? It's like Mm -hmm. you're at this, this magical misery tour of I don't know why I can't sleep I don't know why I'm pooping through the eye of a needle I don't know why I don't have any sex life I don't you know you kind of go oh well you know I made choices I enjoyed those choices now I'm reaping the rewards and I'm kind of teasing there and now I can choose differently and begin again and eating well and looking after ourselves I really feel is like a muscle and once you train it you can, you can kind of let yourself out a little bit and then rein yourself in and let yourself out a little bit and rein yourself in. It's like more isn't always, uh, more Virginia, as we've talked about mm, yes. and being perfect with your food 24, seven, that ain't that hot either because it's not yeah. realistic and it's yeah. not sustainable. So, uh, yeah, 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 absolutely. Anything else you want to share with us? Any other, uh, I know. Yeah. I don't
1: think so. The, I, like You were talking about the diabetes, and I, I had told you my dad in midlife, you know, when he became inactive and put on weight, he became a type 2 diabetic. And, and I'm so much like him physically, my stature and uh, personality, so like him in every way. I thought that was also one thing I wanted to prevent. And um, I believe I've so far done that by paying attention to my nutrition more than mm-hmm. anything. And my, more than anything. And my, and, and then after also my exercise, um, my, not my fitness level so much as my activities, as long as I'm not sitting in a corner in a chair all the time, I'm, I'm getting mm-hmm. up and moving. So yeah, those are the things that are important.
0: So just as a point of reference, uh, Virginia is statuesque. How tall are you, Virginia?
1: Uh, I'm 5'8". No, apparently I've shrunk an inch. <laughs> I was 5'9".
0: But you have a, I would have guessed you were taller than that, to be honest with you, but you are long legged and you're lean in your legs and you, if you're going to carry excess body fat, it happens around your middle, right? So yeah, 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 which is um, the body fat that we want to be aware of. It's visceral fat. So uh, the um, belly fat, if you will, is, 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 Mm -hmm. and the reason for belly fat, and I'm being a bit pedestrian here. So just because I want to make this accessible for people to digest, if you will, but essentially the, the reason for belly fat is to protect our internal organs and whether that is against the, uh, uh, the food that we're choosing to eat or toxins in the environment or stress or alcohol or whatever, that's why we tend to accumulate, uh, fat in our midsection. So, um, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm.
1: And it's the most. Yeah, it's
0: difference. Exactly, right? Yeah, Mm -hmm. there is a difference between movement and exercise. So but I agree with you, Virginia, I know my internet was was sketchy there, but it's still recording. I agree with you. Having a an active lifestyle is very important. And then having focused exercise is also important, too. So I always like to encourage people. And I know you'll back me up on this. You don't have to go do boot camp. You don't have to love Pilates. You don't have to play golf, but you
1: got to find something.
0: You got to find something. So, yeah.
1: Just just get moving and find out what works best for you and for your body and and your time. You know, are you still working? Are you not working? What time do you have that you can work? You can do something and schedule it. Schedule it
0: because, yeah,
1: what gets scheduled gets done. And any of you
0: new moms listening or young dads or even if you're middle-aged or your grandparents, like, you got to it's like include your kids in that your kid it does it does those kids so so much there's so much value when kids see you taking care of yourself and when people hesitate on that I say do you want your kids to feel the way you feel because if you feel poorly about yourself and like you're used up and worn out and dead from the knees up it's possible that your kids will do the same thing because they're going to do what they see So I'm always in great admiration. I know, like, it was very important to me to keep working out when Lila was little and just, they love it. Kids love that kind of stuff. So, yeah, yeah. And there's nothing cooler than an active, fun grandma.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, they love it. There's uh, three granddaughters that I'll just tell you quick uh, that come in off the bus a couple of days a week. Um, And mom and dad are very careful about not having, you know, having us having to look after them too much as they say whereas I'd have them more if I could but they love it they'll ask me for advice on how to exercise how to stretch something how to do and they'll get my exercise equipment out and okay, okay Nan show us and and they're so proud of the fact that I am in my 70s in doing these things and they have told me that this is my little the granddaughters, the oldest of who just turned 13 they're 13 11 and 9 and they are telling me how much they enjoyed this so that's I so cool well, am I going to keep up doing what I can to be, keep doing that? You're darn right. I am. Absolutely.
0: absolutely. Yeah. I mean, we tease that you want to be able to get on and off the toilet for as long as possible by yourself, but there's so much more to life than that. Right. So, yes, uh, that's right. Oh, Virginia, as always, it's just such a pleasure to chat with you. And we go way, way, way back, sister. So uh, I want to thank you so much for your time and for your, your nuggets and for sharing bits of your life with us, because I know that it will be of value to people. So thank you.
1: Thank you, Kate. This has been very enjoyable. Thank you so much.
0: My pleasure. Thanks for listening. If the spirit moves you, would you please leave me a review, follow and share the Sisterhood Circle Up podcast? To learn more about what I do, please check out customfitvitality.com or katelynch.com. Thanks again. We'll talk to you soon.